Praise God. Praise the Lord. Boy, it's so great to hear all this, these testimonies and see what all uh, God is doing in and through you. And I know that's just, the, just uh, uh, the icing on the cake of what all is taking place. Romans 1.16, we're told that we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation, so unto healing, under deliverance, under everything that God has for us. He, it is the gospel. Gospel's good news. Isn't it great that we don't have to go around beating people over the head and telling them how sorry and how bad they are? The devil's already done that. They already know that. They need to hear some good news. Yes, that's one thing I noticed when we uh, were overseas. We were uh, seeing a lot of people living under condemnation. A lot of people have no faith because they feel like they're too bad or they've made a mistake in the past and they, they're not deserving and they're not worthy and they can't, they can't seemingly have faith to believe that God wants something good for them. They feel like they must be tortured, that they must suffer, that they must uh, live in, in misery to kind of penance, pay penance uh, for what they've done. They miss the whole gospel message that we could not pay enough to pay our debt, but Jesus paid our debt. They, they, and, and that was the good news. That's the gospel we were sharing with them. And let me tell you what, they began to light up and say, can this really be true? Can this really be true? And then we talk about a God of miracles. And they said, we want to we wanna, we wanna serve a God of miracles. We want to see miracles. We want to see miracles. And we begin to pray for them. And uh, let me tell you what, when you exercise faith, to a, and, and they're hungry people to believe and receive. Let me tell you what, you're gonna, we're going to be testimony after testimony of things that are going to be turned around. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight to encourage you as I encourage myself. A lot of my preaching to you is the Holy Spirit preaching to me. And if I feel like if I need it, maybe it'll help you. If it'll help me, maybe it'll help you. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a simple message, but it's a powerful message. I needed to hear it, and I pray it will be a blessing to you as well as we look at key elements to staying in the miracle zone. Key elements to staying in the miracle zone. There's one thing when we were traveling, the kids, uh, we told them, you better turn all of your devices on airplane mode uh, because we were told by our phone company that if you turn it off of airplane mode and it goes to roaming, we're going to have international charges on all of yours. And we would let them know up front, said, that's okay, but you will pay it. If it's $1,000, if it's 500 it doesn't matter, you will pay it. So you can guarantee you that they kept their devices on airplane mode. But whenever we would come into a Wi-Fi zone, they would say, yippee, stop, stay here, stay here. And, uh, and they were going on and checking things and checking in with uh, friends and so forth. And uh, with, when we were in that Wi-Fi zone, because they could connect with the satellites that would take them back home. And there was a power working there that you couldn't see with your eye. Well, we're, doing, we're looking at something more important than Wi-Fi and more important than satellite connection tonight, and that is the miracle zone of God. And there are probably a hundred key elements to stay in the miracle zone, but I'm not going to share a hundred with you tonight. Somebody say, there's a miracle already taking place here. God has been merciful. Praise God. In Jeremiah 29 and 11, what a powerful verse, where God says, I know the plans I have for you. 
I was thinking as I looked at the, uh, the sadness and the bondage in the eyes of so many that we prayed for, especially in the Czech Republic where they feel, feel like they've got to pay for, they've got to atone for their own wrong, they've got to atone for their own sins and and uh, like God is mad at them and God has is, is put them in a bad place and God wants to keep them there and to share with them, listen to the heart of God. We shared with them, please hear, this is God talking. This isn't American talking. This isn't uh, the Lamberts talking. This is God talking. God says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And they're plans to prosper you. Somebody needs to hear that tonight because that's not your immediate circumstances. The prosperity of God is something you've heard about, but maybe you're not experiencing at this current, current moment. And the enemy's telling you uh, whatever he's telling you to make you think that you never will. I'm here to call the devil out. He is a liar. I'm telling you, this is the word of God. This is the heart of God. God has plans to prosper you. God wants you to go forward. God wants you to go up to the next level. God wants you to enjoy this life. God's got great things for you. He says, I know the plans that I have for you and they're to prosper you, not to harm you. That, 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 those negative circumstances that are causing worry and strife and, and causing you sadness and, and to work extra hard, that, that is not try, that's not helping you. That is harming you. That is not God's plan for you. He's got plans to give you a hope and a future. And, and this theologian, uh, and the Hebrew theologian Eugene Peterson really translates that the way it should be. And if you look at his translation in the Message Bible, I have that for you. He said, I know what I'm doing, says God. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. And plans to give you the future you hope for. Now we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if the enemy wants to rob you of your faith, he's going to attack your hope. He's going to try, and anything you have an object of hope in, he's going to try and erode it and cause you to lose hope. Well, this pastor is your coach, and I'm here to come, and I want to preach a message of hope. I want you to get your hope in the Lord. I want you to get your hope in the plans of God. They may not be your circumstances, but let, let us put our hope not in our circumstances, not in the uh, records of the past, but in the Lord, the work, God who works miracles. Hallelujah. So he says, I want to give you the future you hope for, but you got to hope for it because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I'm a God that without faith is impossible to please me. So whatever you do out of faith is sin. And I want you in faith. So you're in my will. So we must work on our hope and our hope is built up. Let me tell you why. When we experience the miracles of God and we hear about the miracles of God and we hear about the plans of God, it builds our hope back up. Praise God. So I've got a word for somebody here tonight and I pray that you will hear it and you'll receive it, that you will embrace Christ and you will live your life to serve him and to honor him and, and to bless him and you will yield to the Spirit of God. You will yield every area of your life. You will yield your health. You will yield your wealth. You will yield your life, your family, your business, your, your career. You will yield it to the Holy Spirit of God who can empower you in every one of those areas. Hallelujah. And I, and I pray that you will learn to work your faith that you will have your hope restored and you will work your faith and you will understand that failure is not in your future, 
when you, want to do, when you do it God's way because God is not a God of failure. The devil's telling you you're going to fail. He's saying you've been trying and trying and trying and it's never going to work. Well, I'm here to tell you the devil's a liar. When you line up your faith, your faith in what God has said and what God has promised and when you understand your life is totally yielded to the Spirit of the living God who brings forth the power of heaven on earth and you're willing to walk in the, in the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, you need to understand Understand, failure is not in your future. Breakdowns are not in your future. Defeat is not in your future. Setback is not in your future. Eternal loss is not in your future. I say to you tonight, lack is not in your future. Brokenness is not in your future. You might get knocked down once, but let me tell you what my favorite saying is. is Micah 7 and 8 says, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy, when I fall because I will arise. Somebody needs to take that heart tonight. The devil might get a punch in and he might even knock you down. But let me tell you what, don't you stay down. You know that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And if you'll get up in the name of Jesus Christ, let me tell you what, you will arise and the enemy will be defeated. Praise God. So we must understand, if we get knocked down seven times, let's say we're going to get up eight times. Somebody here tonight, maybe you've just been knocked down or gotten, gotten a punch. We don't even know about it. The Spirit of God knows about it. And he's telling you, get up again. He's that, like that coach that's there by Rocky. When Rocky is down, he says, get up, Rocky. Get up. Get up, Rocky. And then if you've ever watched a movie, you know he gets up and he wins. Praise God. So it's even better than that. So here's some keys to staying in the miracle zone because God wants the miracles of heaven flowing in us and through us. He doesn't want a miracle to be something so rare that we put it in a museum. He doesn't want it to be something so rare that we're shocked and amazed and we're wanting to gather a thousand people around to tell them about a miracle because they're so few and far between. Our God is a God of miracles. He's a miracle-working God. And, and there, you're not going to bankrupt heaven if every one of us were to get a million miracles a minute. You wouldn't bankrupt heaven. God is a miracle-working God, and He wants you and me to live in the miracle zone. And the first thing, like I said, there's a hundred of them, but I'm only going to deal with a couple here. Uh, the first one is I'm talking about we need to expect more. And that's what I'm here. I'm here to push you as you push me, as we push on each other. We need to expect more. We need to expect more. We don't need to live at the lowest level uh, of existence. Let me tell you what. We serve a, a, an awesome God. We serve a God that created the heavens and the earth. We serve a God that give us breath. We serve a God who's miraculous. Why in the world should we not expect more? We need to have our minds renewed by the Word of God. And the Word of God will tell us that we we should expect more, that God wants us to expect more out of Him. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, the Apostle Paul writes, but as it is written, eye is not seen and ear is not heard, nor is it entered into the heart of man, what? The things which God has prepared. There are things that God has prepared that we never take. There are things that God has prepared that we never participate in, but they are prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Welcome Welcome, Holy Spirit. Help us to see the miracle zone so we can rise up and live in the miracle zone. For the 
the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Let me tell you, your eye has never seen it. Your ear has never heard it. Your heart is never eaten. Your heart can't even conceive of the great things God has prepared. He has cooked up stuff for you, and all He's looking for is you to have put your hope in His nature, to put your hope in His will, to put your hope in this truth of this Word so that your faith will rise because faith is the substance of things hoped for and that you'll start bringing in, ushering in, taking hold of what's already been prepared by God for you. God has miracles for you that you can't even understand. He has miracles prepared for us tonight if we would but have faith to believe and receive all that He has. Hallelujah. So I'm here to say it's important that Tim Lambert keep his mind being renewed. Because as I walk in the dirt of this earth, the dirt of this earth brings me down. The dirt of this earth and the dirt of the circumstances of life bring me down. The sad stories that I see to my right and my left and before me and behind me, they have a, a tendency to erode my hope. And when I see that, if I think that's it, then I will settle in that level. But let me tell you what, God has called us to be lightning rods. God has called us to be ambassadors. God has called us to be regents. God has called us to rise up and to represent Him on the earth. Not to settle with the, the, the low level of living on the earth, but to represent Him on the earth so that we can help them have something to place their hope in, that their faith could be attached to, that they could believe God and rise up as well into the miracle zone of God. God is no respecter of persons, but He is looking for somebody that He can use to show His gospel, the power of His gospel to the world around us. You can't be ashamed of it. Some people say, well, I don't want to get on the radar of the devil or the radar of people or ridicule, and I just, I'll just uh, pass on all the things that God has prepared for me. I don't know about you, but if I prepare a three-course meal for you, and you don't show up. We had, we had some friends years ago, and we prepared a meal. Oh, my, it was, it was good enough for a king. And uh, we were so excited. And as the bread, it, we were waiting for them to call. Uh, uh, and we told them, just give us a call when you're so many uh, minutes away, and we'll have the bread hot coming out of the oven. And I got the bread there, and it's all buttered and ready to go into the oven. The oven's preheated. Phone rings. We're excited. I pull the oven door down. And Pastor Rodica says, uh, they said that they're not coming. Something came up and they're not coming. We looked at all of that food and we said, well, we're going to enjoy it. <laughs> but you know what? We've never, they never called to apologize or to tell us how serious the circumstances were. And uh, so we never invited them back. We, we prepared food for many other people, but we never invited them back because it's like, well, if they don't appreciate what we're doing, that's fine. We'll find somebody who does. If I'm created in the image of God, I wonder if there's something like that maybe in God that he prepares for us over and over and we don't have faith to believe to receive it and we get more focused on the wind and the waves rather than the Christ that is before us and his resurrection power and he says, you know what? I'll find somebody who will receive it. It's one thing I was rejoicing over as we were in the Czech Republic. I don't care who says it's the most atheistic country in Europe. I'm telling you what, we found those that were hungry and thirsty for God. We found young men and young women and, 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 and young pastors that were hungry for God. 
And let me tell you what, don't let any statistics ever keep you from, from being bold, as Pastor Rodica was saying earlier, being bold to share the love of God and this gospel message. Praise God. So I need my mind to constantly be renewed and encouraged so that I keep my eyes on the things of the Lord rather than the things of this earth. Because our, our default mindset is flawed. Look at somebody and say, you're flawed. I'm giving you an opportunity right now to get them, okay? Get, look at the one that you really don't like and just say, you're flawed, okay? No. But really and truly, our mindset is flawed because we're born under this sin nature and by nature, we're pessimists, we're negative, we're worriers. Doom and gloom is more our song. And, and that's why the Bible says we must have our minds renewed by the Word of God. We, it's more, more than just getting saved, we've got to have our mind renewed. So if our mind is not renewed, then we're going to go back to our default setting. So we've got to reprogram our minds, and this doesn't happen automatically. So each and every day we choose to live, we must choose an attitude that expects good things rather than bad things. This must become our discipline. I'm telling you, it will not happen automatically. You're not going to trip over a song on your way to work that's going to change your attitude. You have to become the one in charge of yourself. You have to become disciplined. That is why we are a disciple. We must discipline ourselves that we are not going to let our minds go to its default setting under the Adamic nature of that negative, pessimistic gloom and doom. That we're going to set our mind and keep it set on the higher things. That we're going to set our mind on God. We're going to set our mind on the teachings of God, the provision of God, the power of God. That He said, I've prepared for you things your eyes have not seen and your ears have not heard and your heart is not even conceived of. Your mind is not even thought of it is so great. And I've prepared it for you. You need to get up every day knowing that God is prepared. While I was sleeping, God has prepared something that I've never seen before. That He's prepared something for me to hear that I've never heard before. He's prepared for something that my mind cannot even conceive it. I'm going to have to see it to understand it. God has got a great day for me. God has got a great week for me. Now you're talking about somebody that lived with a melancholy personality with the negative traits only for so many years. And, and in that trade and in that mindset, depressed and sad and, 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 and depressing people around me. But let me tell you what, I got to the place when I saw how the enemy can use that to take you out. And we're seeing how celebrities are falling by their own hand because of this same thing. Let me tell you what, there is an enemy who is out to kill, steal and destroy. And we've got to understand God's got a plan for us. He said, I know the plan that I have for you. I tell you, it's a great plan. It's not to harm you, but it's that you'll prosper. It's that you'll get ahead. And it's that you'll get the future you hope for. But you've got to hope for it because your faith is the substance of things hoped for. You've got to work. You've got to discipline your hope. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to exercise authority over your hope. 
And, and thank God we got a church here at Christian Embassy that we're not taking a baseball bat and beating you over the head and telling you how sorry you are. But we're going to take the Word of God and help lift you up and show you that where sin is, grace does much more abound and that you'll run to Jesus and fall on your knees and repent of your sins and come under the blood, the blood of Jesus that'll wash your sin away white as snow that there is there now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And when that condemnation nation is gone because of Jesus now you can believe now you can hope now you can trust the good promises of God hallelujah the Bible says we must set our minds on the things that are higher he didn't say the Holy Spirit would do this for you he says you must set your mind we've got to learn to discipline ourselves in this and I know that, that, there's, that I was in this habit of telling my sad story of whatever my current circumstance was in such a way from the negative feelings I had that it would hopefully manipulate somebody's heart and emotions so that they would come and pity me. And that two seconds of pity I took as encouragement. It felt good. And then later I would leave and there was more shame because here I, it's like I drugged somebody else down. I've drugged somebody else down. Now I don't think I'm, what I'm saying here, I know what I'm not saying is that we should not encourage one another. That we can come together and there's a much wisdom and a multitude of counsel. I'm not saying that we should not bring our challenges one to another and get encouragement. Uh, what I am saying is someone who is set on being uh, the, the, the one that is unloved by God, the one that God doesn't care about, the one that, that uh, you know, is the doormat of life. Let me tell you what, you're just as special as anyone else. You were created in the image of God just like anyone else. You've got the thoroughbred blood of you in you from the King of Kings just like the rest of us do. And what we have to do is we have to realize that, recognize that, and rise up to that. So we have to discipline our mind and have our minds renewed. So, and not only renewed, but we need to then activate it. We need to practice it. So when you get up in the morning, this is what I, I started doing to help get myself out. Uh, I said, when Townsend was a little baby and we dedicated him to the Lord, uh, Mayor uh, Ward was the mayor of Chesapeake at the time. And in a little chapel, we had him come in, guest speaker. And uh, I was really nervous because... We had the mayor of the city coming and here I've got my son and I was going to sing a song uh, in dedication. I used to be a lot bolder in that kind of stuff than I am now. Uh, we've th been blessed with great singers, so we'll let the great singers be great singers. Okay, But I held him and I sang that song uh, and it's a song where I'm, it's a prayer to God. God, I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. And the God that he's going to see and how he's going to come to know you is through me. So, Lord God, help me. I want to be just like you because, and I was holding him in my arms because he wants to be just like me. Before Townsend was born, uh, I, I said, I've got, to get, I've got to get out of this. Before I get married, I've got to get out of this because I will destroy my wife, whoever she's going to be. And God says, I'm got her. he was preparing something for me. You know, he prepares great things, plans. He, he's over in Romania. Baking me up my wife. Hallelujah. I didn't know that. And as he's preparing her, I need to be prepared. So uh, I'm dealing with all of this uh, melancholy, the negative traits, the depression, and all this stuff. And, 
and, and, and I kept hoping that we would, I would have a service that would lift me up out of it or there would be a song that would lift me up out of it or somebody would lift me up out of it. And God says, I've already provided everything you need to be lifted up and I'll lift you up, but you've got to stay up. You've got to quit running back. You can't be like a dog running back to its vomit. You've got to stay up in Christ, in me. So I had to discipline myself. So I started getting up every morning and saying, this is going to be a great day. And it was hard for me to do because, you know, when I used to get up there, I didn't think that way. And when I first started saying it, I felt really foolish in saying it. But I said, just like I'd go to the gym and work out to build up physical muscle, I need to build up my faith muscle. I need, I need, my faith is weak in this area. So I need to work it, work out on this area. So I'd get up and I'd say, this is going to be a great day. God is guiding and directing my steps this day. So I'm going to walk in the favor of God. His favor surrounding me. Your goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. I'm excited about today. And when I used to say that, let me tell you what, unless you're there, it was like I was laughing at myself in the back of my mind. I didn't need someone else poking fun. I was laughing at myself. Because it says, you fool, you know, good and well, it ain't going to be no good day. You know, good and well, it's going to be worse. You know, good and well, you're going to be broker at the end of the day than you were right now. You know, good and well, that thing that you're hoping is going to come through ain't going to come through. And that thing start talking to me. And it was rough. It was hard. I'm just being honest with you. But I said, just like I would go to the gym, I'd go to the Y early in the morning. And I had a group, we'd get together and play racquetball. And then we'd work out and stuff. And, and I wanted to stay in shape. You know, I said, I got to get my, I got to get my soulish realm in shape. I'm flabby on the inside. I'm, I'm telling you. And I'm learning. When I read that where Paul says, you know, exercise, do it the body good, but for a little bit. But, but it's this, this exercise of the faith. And he uses the word gymnos, uh, where we're to work out, we're to work out, we're to work hard. It's like the gymnasium, we get our word gymnasium from, and building ourselves up in God. And I said, so i got to come up with some, some reps and some uh, activities to build myself up, to get my mind renewed. So I would start my day off with faith and expectancy. And I would begin to say, I'm going to anticipate good things. Good things are coming to me. Uh, I, I expect circumstances to change in my favor. And I'd hear the laughter. But let me tell you what, as I kept doing it, the, the laughter got less and less. And the poking fun in the back of my mind got less and less because I got stronger and stronger. Some people say, if you've got a German shepherd and, and you've got a great Dane, which one's going to win? And they say, if anybody understands animals, the one you feed, the one that you feed, the one that's healthy. And I had to get healthy going forward and let the other stuff starve. I stopped feeding all of the negative. And I expect my circumstances to change in my favor. I expected people to go out of their way to help me. First, I was like, nobody wants to come to this mud hole of a church. Nobody wants to come here. I mean, the air conditioners don't work and the roof is leaking and there's still a smell from when the animals were living in here. And, you know, I'm just, I just give all the reasons why no one should come and they didn't come. And, and uh, so I started expecting people are going to go out of their way to come to this, this church. And they're going to come out of their way to come in and, and support the ministry that God had called us into. And I was expecting to be at the right place at the right time. I, I would go out saying, I don't, God, I don't know all that you've got planned for me today, but I want to be led by your spirit. And, and I want to be at the crossroads at the right time, at the right place, to meet the right people in the right circumstances. So the Lord just guide me and direct me. So I started making my mind sensitive 
to where I was going and what I was doing. And I started expecting doors of opportunity to open up. And I started expecting to excel in what God had called me to do. And I started expecting to rise above the life challenges that I had. And let me tell you what, you must do the same thing. You must do the same thing. Because God usually meets us at our level of expectancy. If you don't develop the habit of expecting good things to come your way, then you're not likely going to receive any good things. And it just kind of causes your story to continue on the, on the hamster wheel of, of life, of misery. And it's just the same thing, same thing. And people get tired of that. And they get, they, they'll start leaving your life. Let me tell you what, God called you to be attractive. God called you to attract people to the vision and the mission and the purpose that God has put you here for. He didn't want you to accomplish it by yourself. He's got great people to come alongside, but we've got to do it God's way. Because if you don't expect things to get better, better they probably won't. And if you don't expect things to change to always be the same, I guarantee you're probably going to get things the same in your life. Because our expectation sets the boundaries for our lives. Where are your boundaries at tonight? How big are your boundaries? Are they little tiny uh, matchbox boundaries? Where here's a God who says, I've got plans for you that your mind can't even conceive of it. If I told you, he said, your eyes have never seen it and your ears have never heard it. I've got great things for you. And here we've got a little matchbox of boundaries set up with our expectations. I want you to believe God for more. I'm asking you, please, to challenge yourself to, to get into the activities and the discipline of, of the renewal of your mind to start believing God for more so that the boundary lines will be moved. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it done to you. Now, I'm not Jesus. He, he's in heaven right now. But His Holy Spirit is speaking through me. And, I, and it is just as though He was here talking to you. And He's telling you this. According to your faith, be it done to you. Where is your faith? What are you believing for? What is your faith aimed towards? What are you decreeing and declaring? What are your faith is substance of things hoped for? What are you hoping for? So according to your faith, be it unto you. Now to me, some would see this as negative. I see it as very positive. It's like if I can believe God for more, then God's already said, be it unto you. If I can believe God for higher things, then I, it's already be it done unto you. If I can believe God for more souls to be saved, be it done unto you. If I can believe it to see more miracle manifests of healing, be it done unto you. If I can see it in, in prospering in relationships and in family, and let me more and more, it says, be it done unto you. Hallelujah. So in other words, have what your faith expects. What are your expectations? Some people tend to expect the worst. I know. I've met them. Used to be me. Poor old me mentality. It's always negative, always depressed. Barking such things as, you know, God, why don't you do something about my situation? God, this isn't fair. I've said it a thousand times. They have what their faith expects. I had what my faith expects. Other people honestly feel so overwhelmed by their troubles that they have difficulty believing that anything good could happen to them because they're looking at the wind and the waves and they can't even conceive that they can walk on water when they're looking at Jesus. That just doesn't make sense. Well, let me tell you what. Your circumstances 
are not God. And you need to know your God is above your circumstances. I've heard people say, oh, I've got all these problems. My marriage is in trouble. My family's in trouble. My children won't do right. My business isn't doing well. My health is going downhill. Uh, how in the world do you expect me to live with enthusiasm? How do you expect me to get up and get my day going with a positive attitude when i got all this big mess on my hands? Friends, that's what your faith is all about. We've got to understand faith is not to come in and affirm things when they're good. Faith is to come in the midst of the pain and the sorrow and the heartache and bring good there to change our circumstances. So you got to start believing that good things are coming your way. And you got to start speaking that good things are coming your way. You, you've got to stop doubting that good things are coming your way and believe that God is a God who is good and good things are coming your way. Someone told me here recently, maybe even in this service, that something we were praying for, uh, there was good news, and it came through. And I said, I knew that. I knew that. Because we were believing for that. that we were exercising our faith for that. We kick worry into teeth and, and we said we're not going to worry. We know that God has His hand on this and we're not going to hinder His hand with doubt and unbelief. We're going to celebrate what we don't see because we know the God that we serve is going to bring it to manifest. Hallelujah. So what are you expecting in life? Are you anticipating good things or bad things? Are you anticipating significance or mediocrity? I ask you tonight, are you expecting things to change in your favor or to remain the same or get worse? Are you expecting to experience the goodness of God? Or are you, are you allowing your circumstances or your feelings to dull your enthusiasm in life and imprison you with a negative frame of mind? Where are you at tonight? You, you must look through your eyes of faith, not your natural eyes. You must look through your eyes of faith and start seeing yourself as happy, seeing yourself as healthy, seeing yourself as whole, seeing yourself as walking in the favor of God. Uh, that, that means even when your situation looks bleak, and believe you me, true faith is exercised when the moment is the bleakest. When you're tempted to be discouraged, when you're tempted to be depressed, that's when faith really shows its true colors. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You have to encourage yourself by praying. You've got to encourage yourself by coming to Christian Embassy and sitting here because I'm going to encourage you. I guarantee you I'm going to encourage you. Because God that, that I know is in control, even when it looks impossible, He's in control, and we're not going to let our faith go away. I know today could be the day that things turn around for you. Today could be your day where your marriage is restored. Today could be the day when your child comes home serving the Lord. Today could be the day your business begins to prosper exponentially and it not from the sweat of your brow, but from an anointing of increase that is on your life. It is today, maybe the day, where you get that big contract that literally changes your future. Today may be the day where your healing may manifest. This is the day the Lord has made, so we should rejoice in it and be glad in it and expect our miracle from God. Oh, what's it going to hurt? To not do it means you're definitely, probably not going to see the miracle manifest of God. But to do it puts you in alignment 
with seeing it. Some people say, well, what if it is not today? Well, it's going to be tomorrow. If I'm at 11.59 p.m. and we're about to cross over into the new day, then I'm saying, well, it's coming tomorrow. Amen. One day closer. I like that. So we got to keep believing and we got to keep watching for those good things to come to fruition in our life and not give up on them. But we must make a conscious decision. It has to be an act of our will to maintain an attitude of expectancy. I can't do it for you. I can encourage you to do it. I can tell you good stories about those who have done it. I can tell you how it changed, literally changed the chemistry and, and, and in my body and in my mind. And some people say, well, but, you know, pastor, you need some back then. You needed some medication to pull you up. Let me tell you what. This renewing of my mind healed my mind. Hallelujah. I don't have to take anything. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is natural. <laughs> Some of you said that explains it. <laughs> so you got to expect more. Also, to stay in the miracle zone, you got to speak life, which I've been talking about. When God gave me this revelation, I immediately I began to process uh, aligning my words with his words. I didn't come up with my own words. I aligned my words with his words. And, and, and it's like turning around a train. Because I was so used to these things would flip out of my mouth. I was, but turning around a train, it takes some time. And I didn't give up. And I'd encourage you not to give up. You may day one, day four, day seven, you're still struggling with that old mind and those old words coming out. But say, no, I'm turning it. I'm turning it. I'm turning the train. Look like me turning that big van in Rome with those little streets that were made for only foot soldiers and, and seeing me try to turn that thing around inch by inch. Oh boy. But we kept doing it. We kept doing it, didn't we, Townsend? He said, come, come, come. And, and my bumper's almost touching the wall. And then he'd go back here and I'd only have this much space and turn, come, come, come. And so we just do this here. But we kept doing it. And we finally got the thing turned around. Hallelujah. I got home. Praise God. I, I wanted to be home more at that moment probably than any of the trip. Thank you, Lord. Going down a one way. And, every, and I'm blocking everybody. Help me, Lord. But we stayed at it. And we got this thing turned around. You got to stay at it and get your, get your mind turned around. Get your words turned around. 2 Corinthians 4 and 13. And since we have this same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. It takes more than just believing. You say, I believe in healing. Praise God, but you got to speak it. I believe in prosperity. Praise God, but you got to speak it. I believe in deliverance. Praise God, but you got to speak it. He says, I believe, therefore I spoke. According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. We've got to learn to speak it and speak it with confidence. Let me tell you, you may not start out with confidence, but keep doing it. And then you'll start seeing it manifest and you'll get more and more confidence because faith needs to be spoken. Yes, you, can, you, you must say what you believe. You must say what you believe. Declare it. I say it this way. you got to say what God says in order to receive what God promised. So I stopped trying to be my own theologian and making up my own declaration. And I said, I'm going to say what God said. And if I'll say what God said, I'll receive what God promised. If, if my tongue is the hinge, if you'll see it that way, where the miracle begins to move is on the hinge of my tongue. 
Now, I've had to do some discipline to get my mind renewed so that my attitude has been healed and changed so that I now can believe God and believe his word, but I've got to speak it. I've got to speak it. The tongue is powerful. Proverbs 18, 21. You know it very well. Death and life are what? In the power of the tongue. Not the power of death and life, but the death and life is in the power of the tongue. And it says those who love it will eat its fruit. So based upon Scripture, your words can do two things for you. It can curse you or it can bless you. I ask you, is there any curses out there at work against you right now because of what you've said? I give you good news tonight. In the name of Jesus, you can renounce that. You can break the curse. You can let the curse of Jesus that he was cursed upon a tree come and dissolve the curse if you will allow it to come under the atoning work of Jesus Christ. And you can not only be free, but you can be free indeed, double free. Not only free to go to heaven from your sin, but freed from the curses that are still at work today that want to destroy your life before you go to heaven. Hallelujah. So we as Christians, we must stop cursing ourselves and we must start renouncing those curses. We've got to stop speaking negative. We've got to stop speaking foolishly. Proverbs 18 and 7, he says, A fool's mouth is his ruin. A fool's mouth is his destruction. And his lips are a snare to his soul. Foolish words bring destruction is what God says. Negative words trap your soul. Holds it in bondage, he says. So it leads you to bondage and ruin, all because of your words. So when you speak negative, you're cursing the blessings that God has for you. You're, you're, you're basically renouncing the blessings that God has for you. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. The next time you want to say, no one loves me, instead go to John 15 and 9 and speak what Jesus says about you as the Father has loved me, so I also love you. Jesus says as the same measure that the Father has loved me, that same measure I love you. So you, the devil wants you to go around and say, nobody loves me. And here's Jesus says, as much as the Father has loved me, that's the same measure of love I have for you. If you're in debt, instead of saying, I'll never get out of debt, you go to Deuteronomy 28 and 12, and you say it out loud, and you make it personal, the Lord will open to me His good treasure, the heavens, to give rain to the land in the season, and to bless the work of my hand. Because that's the promise of God. That's the blessing of God. So as Christians, we need to stop blocking God's blessings by speaking negatively, and we need to see that God wants to bless us. Let us stop being the hindrance to the blessings of God in our life. Make up your mind that your tongue will be the tree of life. Proverbs 15 and 4 tells us that the tongue will bring healing as a tree of life. That our tongue can be the tree of life that brings healing into our lives. So we must decide that, that we are going to be careful and we're going to discipline and watch what comes out of our lips. That we're going to make a choice to speak God's blessings over our life. So instead of saying, I'm poor and I'm broke and I have no money, say, I am the prospered of the Lord. God meets all my needs according to His riches and glory. Jesus, who was rich, became poor, that I who was poor might be made rich in Christ Jesus. 
When you have a disease that is trying to take over your body and, and the devil says, you just got to learn to live with it. You say, no, by his stripes I am healed and he sent his word and healed me. I'm not going to live with this. I'm going to fight it with everything that is in me. I'm going to fight it with the blood of Jesus. I'm going to fight it with the name of Jesus. I'm going to fight it with the word of God and I'm going to fight it with the spirit of God. I'm not going down. I'm going over. This thing's come to make me weaker, but I'm going to come out stronger and the devil's going to be the liar and there'll be a testimony for God. You gotta fight it. You gotta fight it. Instead of that lie that comes to you, says you're ugly, you're stupid, and you are failure, you say, wait a minute, I am the favorite of the Lord. He has written me in the palm of his hand. He dances over me with joy in the light. That's what God says to me in his word. The devil says your marriage is going to fail. You say my marriage is saved and God is restoring all things. Actually, my marriage is going to be bad, better. The, 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 latter, the, 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 the latter is going to be greater than the former. And the things that the locust has stolen, God's going to restore sevenfold. What the enemy has taken is coming back and it's going to be pressed down, shaken together and running over. Wait a minute. I've got some great days ahead of me, devil. You get out of here. I'm not listening to you. See, words are powerful. They are seeds that yield a good or a bad harvest, depending on what you speak. And then to wrap things up, let me give you another key, and that is don't put a lid on God. Don't put a lid on God, what he can do. I know one of the countries we went to, Pastor Radica says, I'm sensing in my spirit, I hear in the spirit that uh, this, is a, this is a land of limitation. They have, they have, there's, a, there's a spirit over this region here that makes them think they're limited. And because they feel limited, they have put a lid on what God can do. They have fallen into tradition of religion and just a getting by on the treadmill of religion, but there, there is no demonstration of power to break out of that because they put a lid on what they think God can do. Ephesians 3 and 20 and 21, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He said, don't put a lid on me. I believe God is saying, don't you put a lid on me. I'm the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. No matter how high you can ask, no matter what greatness you could ask for or think of, he says, I, don't put a lid on me. I'm even above that. I'm exceedingly abundantly above that. According to what? The power that works in us. So God, the lid can come from us. We cannot see the power because we quench the Spirit of God, which grieves the Holy Ghost. I'm here to encourage you tonight. Take the lid off. Take the lid off. Take the lid off and believe God for more. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. He didn't stop it at uh, 2000. He didn't stop it at 1000. He said 2018 forever and ever and ever and ever. That means tonight he wants you to take the lid off. He wants you to believe God for your life and for your family and for your circumstances exceedingly abundantly. Stop limiting God. Stop quenching the Holy Spirit. God is Put a dream in your heart and he wants to bring that dream to pass he wants you to step out boldly in faith he wants you to start expecting the best and moving forward with confidence knowing that you are that he is well able to do in and through you what he has promised to do 
Don't back down in fear. Don't ever say, this is too big for me. Don't ever say, I'm not qualified. Don't ever say, I'm not able. Don't ever say, I can never do that. God wants to do a new thing in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? God brought you here tonight to kind of shake you up a little bit and tell you, I want to do greater things in and through your life. I want to do a new thing like you've never seen. I want to work miracles like you've never seen. I want to see the demonstration of my power flow through you. I hear God saying, like you've never witnessed before. He says, I want you to get quit putting me in a box. He said, I want you to quit limiting me. I want you to start expecting more. Hallelujah. He says, stop settling for less. Stop settling for less. Stop saying this as far as I can go. Stop saying this is all I'll ever see. No, God says, I want to do more, more. Your job is not your source. I am your source, saith the Lord. God is saying, your your strength of hand is not your limitation. I am the God that can flow through your hand to do great and mighty things. I'm the one that's giving you the dream. I'm the one that's giving you the idea. And I want you to take it from me, saith the Lord, and rise up and be who I've called you to be. This earth needs you. This day and this hour needs you. God says, I need you. Don't be limited. Don't settle for less. And break the curse. If your words have released a curse over your life, break the curse. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, don't wait till you get home. Break it now. Break it now. You said my parents were poor, my grandparents were poor, and nobody in our family's ever amounted very much. You've released that. You need to break it. You've said, well, so-and-so and my family had this disease and so-and-so died of this disease and it, it's, it's, it's only probable that that's why I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. He said, break that. Break that. Because when you get born again, you get a blood transfusion. You've made a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're now in Christ. You have the blood of Jesus. And let me tell you what, that is the blood of a thoroughbred. That is the blood line that breaks all bloodlines. It has no weakness. It has no fallibility. And it has no sin. And that's the blood that flows through you now. So you've got to break those curses. Don't let those seeds go and bring fruit into your life. Maybe you were raised in a negative environment and there was a lot of depression around you and you're down in the dumps and discouraged and you're tempted to be negative and you release negative words and now you're trying to be positive. Come on, let's go break the curse of that negativity. We released it, let's own up to it. We released it, let's break it. We have the power to break it. We have the power to break it. Hallelujah. Thank God we're not stuck because it came out. It's going to last forever. God has given us the ability in our own voice that we can take our tongue and we can release blessing and we can bring an annihilation to any curse that is there before us. Would you stand with me, please? I want you to pray. I want to give you, I want to kind of lead you. You can do your own praying. I'm not saying you can't, but I want to lead you. And a prayer as we close tonight and break in any curse of any words that your words have released or curses that were spoken over you that you didn't rebuke. Somebody tells me, speaks a curse over me. I just say, I don't receive that. I don't, I don't fight with them. I don't, I don't curse them back. I just say, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. That's not what God says about me. It could be a person close to me. It could be a person, a stranger. It really doesn't matter. If they don't say over me, lining up with the blessing of what God has said over me, I don't receive it. Maybe you have. I had in the past. I was told I'd never amount to anything and I'd received that. I was told I came from a part of town out in the farmlands that we would never, ever be influential. We'd never, I mean, we had dirt in our feet, dirt in our nails. And that's just, you know, we'd look down upon. And I believed that. I had to go and deal with that. 
I'm glad I did. Now I cherish what I learned from my farming years. I cherish some of the things when I talk about sowing and, 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 and reaping and the scripture talks about that. I understand it. I, I see the germination. I see the nurture. I see the break in the ground, the fallow ground. I understand that. Break up the fallow ground. I, I've done all, I, I celebrate where I came from rather than walk and live in shame because I broke those curses. Maybe you've released some things over your marriage. Maybe you've released some words over your career. Maybe you've released some words over your health or a loved one. We can break that right now. Let's pray. And you just pray after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Just If you really mean it and you've got some, got some faith behind it, say it with boldness. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your blessings. Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus that you would help me break free from the curse that I was born under. Liberate me from limitation thinking and help me see you in all your splendor and glory. Help me, Father, to speak life and not death. And Holy Spirit, place a guard over my mouth. In the name of Jesus, that I may not speak anything that is opposite to you. That I would speak the promises that I have through Jesus. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus against every idle word I've said. And every negative word that I've said, canceling out its power in the name of Jesus. I repent for saying them. And I turn my tongue now to speak life and not death. From this day forward, I make a decision, God, to speak your blessings upon my life and to speak your blessings upon the lives of others. I thank you, Lord, that by your strength and the, with the leadership of your Holy Spirit, I will succeed in this. Father, I thank you. Way in advance for the blessings. You are sending them my way. I know you prepared them for me. And I want to thank you. And I want to praise your holy name. I receive your blessings. And I will decree and declare them daily. And these things I pray and ask. Believing that I've already received. They are already done. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you receive that word tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I pray now your blessings and your favor and your anointing and your healing and your provision and your deliverance and your joy 
that is, oh, hallelujah, Lord, I decree it over your people. I declare it over their families. I, I pray, Lord God, that they would walk in your favor and they would go out of this place, Lord God, with the power and the unction of your Holy Spirit as we go in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Come on, love on one another.